and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Previously on WandaVision. <sighs> Snooker's gonna snip. Where are my children? Here's a runes, Wanda. Only the witch that casts the runes can use her magic. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 427. Woo! What are we talking about tonight? We're creeping ever closer to 450. One, one small step at a time. Slowly I turned. WandaVision. Tonight will be a relatively relatively timely review of WandaVision as a whole. The season, what we thought of it, how it fits in to the MCU. So this is only like three days since it premiered. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of timely, yesterday was Mark's birthday. I don't know if that was timely. That was that's that's fate, Chad. We can't avoid that until <laughs> one year we will, but then we but then we won't be talking about it anymore. <laughs> at least you, at least I won't. Uh, <laughs> let it be on your head. <laughs> well, well, thank uh, you. <laughs> since you don't check Twitter, uh, Dan responded and uh, said, "Let's get the party started," and posted an image of Saint Walker from the animated series strumming on his little uh, uh, blue construct. I don't know, ukulele harp thingy. So now I'm going to have to go look. <laughs> one, of, one of those mom, monumental moments when I wander onto Twitter. It has been known to happen before. Steven says happy birthday. Uh, Jesse says happy birthday, Mark. Daryl Banks says happy birthday, Aww. Mark. Uh, Green Lantern GGL, which is uh, actually one of uh, uh, Martin Nodell's great-great-grandkids. It's uh, the, the son of one of... Uh, uh, the, the, it's it's Jackie's uh, nephew. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, Zane says, happy belated birthday, Mark. So had a few people wish you a happy birthday over there. Well, that was very nice of everyone. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to bring that up. Guys, get your emails in now. Say happy birthday. Below. <laughs> Send them a- but Chad will not guarantee double entry into the contest. For- <laughs> no, no, no. I no. will, but Chad won't. <laughs> send, send, make, sure you, make sure you send him Visa gift cards and uh, stripper grams and <laughs> tips treats and, you know, all that stuff. Oh, my. Oh, that was timely. Uh, you, you feeling uh, every bit your age? Yeah. Well, actually, ironically, over the last couple of days, it's probably the best that I felt since 2021 began. <laughs> uh, about with the slight at maybe like the first week or two of it, 2021. I think all that all that damn snow removal caught really caught up to me because February was was such a horrible snow month, as you know. But in general, I mean, 
pretty much knock on wood because who knows what the rest of March will bring. But most of almost all the snow we got a consequence so far in the wintertime all came between February 1st and like the last week in February, beginning of the last week. So it was a lot in, in, a, in a short period of time, including that two feet we got like on the first. So I think it really just added up all the It just really, really just beat me down. So now I'm really starting to feel a little bit, a little bit better again since, Hey, it's supposed to be almost 60 tomorrow. <laughs> hey, there you go. Nice. All right. WandaVision. Uh, hey, man, this is one of those times uh, where it's right uh, up your alley. How you want to tackle it? I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> one of these days you're going to surprise me. And uh, I mean, it's it's every time we talk TV or film or anything. I know it is more up my alley than yours. But, well, it's kind of tough. I was actually thinking about this before, how to really approach this. Uh, I suppose, I mean, we will have to give a brief synopsis not maybe relatively brief synopsis of what happens in the show, though most people who are listening to this are clearly already know, but I would say, how about, how about initial thoughts overall on the series and whether we thought the last episode paid off? Um, yeah. So initial thoughts, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I have to admit, I'm not one of those people who was bashing it at the beginning, but I was one of those people who at the beginning, beginning who was kind of, what what is this uh and you know obviously got then super excited around i guess uh, it would be episode four um so you know uh, uh if if you say if if that means to you listening out there that chad didn't get it quote unquote uh then uh then that's fine whatever i just uh uh, you know, I can appreciate the whole, you know, now that I've seen the whole thing and understood what it was and that it's been revealed what actually happened and why and so on and so forth. That's that's that that's all fine and dandy. That's works for me. Um, I, I did like the performances of everybody. I thought that was really well done. I liked uh, the MCU stuff that was thrown in or the Marvel stuff, rather, uh, in general, how they incorporated some of those things. Um, did the final season pay off? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, there's definitely payoff. There's definitely a, a good sense of, um, I mean, as much as a something connected to a larger universe can have, there's, there's a good sense of quote unquote closure there. Um, I don't think I'm not one of those people who was like, Oh, we're going to see Mephisto or Dr. Strange or whatever at the end. But I, I do feel that it was a little anticlimactic in terms of, wrap up and you know just kind of mind-blowingness uh but then again there's probably an inherent problem with going and expecting your mind to be pre-blown so um yeah i don't know i i I enjoyed it i i i do think um when it comes to this i wish disney plus had a um had a sort of uh i don't i don't know that it would be called a a binge mode or something but basically a, a mode that would allow us to put all episodes of something like WandaVision back to back to back without the credits in between so that you can watch the whole thing almost as a movie and see how it feels. I, I, I would like to kind of view the whole thing at a clip and I know I could fast forward through credits or skip to the next episode or whatever, but I think it would be interesting to view it as one piece I suppose. I mean, I think that would be good to have that kind of option just in general, like we've talked about before. It's just like it would be good for you to be able to build playlists and be able to have I want to I want to have these three movies play one after the other and not have to just do it manually or just hope that if it depending on which platform you're on, it'll, it'll roll into maybe the next thing on your list or or something. 
if it's obviously a TV show like a Netflix, it'll just or even on Disney Plus, it'll still roll to the next episode. But just the idea, that's another thing that you would think would at some point you would think it would be nice to do that. I mean, I, I know many shows have the ability to skip credits for you to fast, just, you know, move, move past the credits without having to fast forward, but just, you know, move the arrow or arrow over, hit the button and it just skips automatically. But I, I, I agree. It would, it would be interesting, but then again, I don't know. I don't know if it would, how it would play as a movie because it clearly was designed for the format that, it was broadcast on. It was designed to be episodic. And I do the thing that I you have to give them credit for Disney that in Marvel first. Let's give Marvel credit before Disney. Uh, Feige as the you know as the gr- grand puppeteer so far for everything that we've seen. When this show began, they 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 knew what the how this show was structured. They knew the strengths and the weaknesses of this show. So they knew the first two episodes were the slowest. They knew despite you know, if anybody would pay atten- paid attention to t- trailers and marketing and even the first stuff we got about it at Comic-Con years ago, you kind of knew what the show was going to be like structurally from a sitcom perspective. You just didn't know why and, and where it was going to go. But they knew the first two episodes were slow. So they were smart and they dumped the first two episodes in the first night. So you didn't have the first episode and you go, OK, that's slow, but maybe next week's will be better than having next week's be pretty much just as slow. And it's like, OK, where is this going? They were smart. They got them both out of the way because they figured everybody was going to binge watch those two episodes pretty much, if not back to back in the same opening weekend and get it over with. Just like they were smart and also knowing because the first two episodes were slow, they sent out the first three episodes as screener copies to reviewers because they knew if they just relied on people reviewing the first two episodes, your vibe off that off that show would have been very different than if you're reviewing the first three when the third episode is when you first when you finally start getting meat in this and more stuff and you start getting some clues and some of the per, you know the more and more of the perfect world starts unraveling and you know there's something rotten in Denmark or in Westview. So I, I think that is something that probably is real easy to uh, undervalue and underestimate that aspect of what what Marvel did, especially because you know even though this it was never designed to be this because of all, all the movies and everything being pushed back and the production of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that WandaVision was really the first taste of the MCU we've had since uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. It was never supposed to be that. It was supposed, you know, we, we were supposed to have a whole crap ton of movies out already. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier were supposed to be, that was supposed to be the first show to hit Disney Plus, but it wasn't. In a way, I think that actually, by luck of the draw, though, I think it worked in WandaVision's advantage because it was such a it was such a unique take and way to tell a story. And they did a good job, obviously, with the homages to the sitcoms and the different eras. And it was kind of cool seeing them progress from the 50s all the way up, like into the in the 2000s and everything. But you all but it also gave but it also was cool spending a lot of time with two characters that are inherently cool based on their backgrounds in the comics. And there's always been something cool about them in the MCU, but you basically spend, you know, you spend like 10 minutes with them a movie max, and you really have never got to really explore much about them. So you had so much character development with Division and with Wanda that it kind of makes everything we've seen in the movie. Not only does it literally fill in some of the gaps with stuff in the movies, and and it it also helps brings more real more emotion i think to this to the story that we know you know between the, you know the or at least the original vision and wanda how it how that ended in infinity war and the relationship that they had so 
And as far as whether the last ep- whether the last episode you know, or the series as a whole paid off for the last episode, I think the series worked. I do think structurally there were some issues. Like I don't necessarily think that it was, especially considering one of the after credit scenes, what had to do with Monica, that it kind of wasn't a, I don't know if it was a great idea to have Monica basically disappear for the majority of the, of the last like two episodes. I mean, she, she was in, you know, she, she didn't have a huge role in, in, epi- in the final episode, but she was in it, but she wasn't in the episode before that at all. So I don't know if that was good. Just like Darcy kind of, even though we know Darcy wasn't a huge player in this, but Darcy kind of disappeared for the same amount of time or even more so. Cause she pretty much barely had any time in episode nine too. So I do think there were some structural flaws maybe in the last few episodes. I thought the final episode was really good, at least up until maybe like the, up until they were all saying their final goodbyes when they were back at the house and, and basically the hex wave was about to come over them from that to the end of the, to the very end. I think it was missing something to me for me, maybe because the after credit scenes did not have a huge impact. The Wanda one was cool, but the Monica one was okay. I understand that I get, well, I guess we can assume that we're probably not going to see Monica again until Captain Marvel too. So they needed, they kind of needed that scene. They needed a segue to get basically Monica to Nick Fury. So, but I almost would, I definitely would have rather there be an, at least if there were only going to be two, I would rather have had a different after credit scene or mid credit scene. And I certainly would, depending on what you hear, whether they actually filmed it or not, the Dr. Strange cameo, I still think, Doctor Strange, I think, should have been in it, even if it was a post-credit scene, like a tremor in the force kind of thing. Him sensing something, well, what the hell just happened? I'm trying to figure out what the hell just happened in Westview. Yeah. But uh, because that, that's if you were looking at something that surprised us, I guess that's the one thing we could say that probably surprised almost everybody. I think almost everybody would have bet the farm that Doctor Strange, even if it was just a cameo, would show up since we since they've already announced or had already announced that WandaVision. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange were all basically part of a, a multiverse-esque trilogy that it seemed like it would be natural for Doctor Strange, considering they're dealing with magic and everything else, to show up. So in a way, they surprised us by not giving us something we expected, because there were definitely rumors that he was going to be in it for a while, just like the Evan Peters showing up as a version of Quicksilver, which, of course, disappointed people because he really wasn't a real he wasn't he wasn't the X the Fox versus Quicksilver dragged into our universe. At least as of now, he he still isn't. But that rumor was going around since the summertime, too, that Evan Peters was going to show up. Maybe it was also disappointing that Aaron Taylor Johnson didn't show up at all. Even, you know, that seems a little that seemed like a golden opportunity somewhere with Wanda, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would agree with you that it's interesting, it, probably better in the long run that this comes comes out before the other shows, especially if WandaVision is going to do something, um, let's say, as strange as what it did. I, I think it's better to get the strange out of the way and be pleasantly surprised by it than give people what they ex- would expect normally from Marvel in terms of what, what it looks like Winter Soldier, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier will be. Uh, and then give them something off kilter. I just think, especially at this point, given how people are starved for Marvel. So uh, I, th- I, I, I think it probably increased its chances. The, the best chances that it would have, uh, uh, it would have its best chances by coming out in this particular time. It definitely had greater impact, I think, because of it, yeah. uh, because of the demand and because it was easier for some people to ride out the slowness in the beginning because, again, they, they were starred for Marvel stuff. And you knew it was going somewhere, 
You just didn't exactly know where it was going to go. Right. So I guess we probably should. Well, do you, I don't want to cut you off if you wanted to say something else right no, now. No, you're good. I was going to say, I guess we basically should talk about the plot just in case people have, you know, in case people are somewhat interested or maybe interested, but just haven't haven't watched it yet or haven't gotten Disney Plus yet to watch it. So essentially, we're in Westview, Westview, New Jersey, and it is interesting that our POV characters, besides you know, not counting Wanda in the Vision, of course, are Monica Rambo, who we had last seen as a little girl in Captain Marvel, and 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 and, H, and, H, and what uh, Agent Jimmy Woo there. <laughs> Magician extraordinaire. That's right. Uh, yeah, obviously he's a he, he's a he's a fast and good learner, and uh, it's nice to know that uh, Scott Lang was not keeping all those magic tricks to himself. <laughs> <laughs> but we get introduced to them very early in 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 the series, and there's this un- weird anomaly going on in Westview, New Jersey. People outside of Westview don't re- seemingly don't remember Westview. There is no Westview. And once you get and Monica ends up, Monica gets, you know, Monica gets sent in there and actually she she get, she's she goes in kind of accidentally, even though the plan, I think, was somehow to get in there at some point, because that's what a uh, sword has been trying to investigate, trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this weird uh, an energy anomaly. And there's this idyllic 19 at first, like 1950s version of, of a, you know, sitcomville, which goes through different time periods. And Wanda and the Vision are married, and eventually, all too quickly, they end up, you know, she she ends up being pregnant. They end up having kids, and of course, the no, the nosy neighbor, uh, Agnes, uh, turns out to be Agatha Harkness, which again, that was no surprise because that, based on character listings and but speculation, was was uh, and Wanda's pat passed in the comic books, you know, with related to magic, that that wasn't a great surprise that Agatha Harkness was a main was basically the she was the antagonist in the series, I guess. That there was a surprise that on the surface there wasn't someone else working with her, or she was wor- not working for someone else. May turn out to very well be that way, but we, but in this series anyway, at, as the ditty goes, it was Agatha all along. <laughs> so as the series, basically just as the series goes on, more and more things become unnatural. The vision starts questioning everything around him. He has no memory really of who he is. He has, you know, he has memories, he has his connection with Wanda, but he doesn't know anything about the Avengers. He doesn't remember anything about Westview, how they got there. And basically Wanda ended up creating this whole thing, this whole, she didn't really create the town, but she create, but she kind of like, she parallaxed it into like a town made in her own image and trying to keep, to have a perfect life with the vision out of her grief. Agatha being, being a witch pretty much was trying to figure out how she could do that. And we, and we, that leads to the whole chaos magic that Wanda was basically Wanda had chaos magic. That's what she's been using. The Mind Stone it did not actually give Wanda her powers. It just kind of amplified it on and, and or channels helped her channel her powers, but it did not create her powers. That's the reason. But but because of her innate gifts, that's why she was able to survive coming into contact with the with the Mind Stone when nobody else did. Which, of course, still doesn't explain uh Pietro. I mean, so, same blood. Yeah, but he's not a witch. But but if you're going along the the again opening the door to to the to mutants in the uh, MCU, that there you could very well pick up on something related to that later on. It is pretty much directly, if it's not stated, it's directly implied that it was because it was because of Wanda's powers that that bomb that Tony Stark made bomb that they were high that they basically stayed without stayed after it killed their parents and they were that. They, when she and her brother pretty much were like staying in the bombed out uh, remnants of their building without moving for like two days, 
that it was Wanda's innate gifts that helped prevent that thing from blowing up. Throughout the show, you have throughout the series, you have commercials which all relate to Wanda's different uh, tragedies and uh, all these traumatic events, basically all related to her trauma. So I thought that that was that was that was pretty cleverly done. Some were some were more obvious and blatant than others, but I thought that was that was a nice touch. So at the end of the day, we find out that yes, she you know she uses chaos magic, which has been foretold in the Darkhold, that she is going that she is the Scarlet Witch. So she actually officially gets christened the Scarlet Witch. And I do like the stuff about what Agatha about what Agatha said about basically that she's. She's meant to destroy the world, but of course we don't know what that means. Heck, I mean, she she could just be meant to destroy a world, <laughs> not our world. Uh, but just in general, she's meant to destroy a world, and that she's supposed to be what what more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, which of course we know is Doctor Strange. Even so, I do like the dynamic that they're setting up there, and eventually, eventually Ag- uh, Agatha squares off with with Wanda. The real Vision. Which I, I still like to know how e- it shouldn't be th- that easy for them to take the vision apart, you would think. But they've had the vision's body pretty much since after Infinity War. Sword has. They've been experimenting on it, taking it apart, putting it back together. But they basically couldn't ha- couldn't get a power source to bring it back online. So eventually they were able to trick. This was this was cleverly done though. When they brought they put the drone, they brought the, a drone into Westview to attack Wanda on purpose, knowing she would use her powers to to just to uh, fight back. Though I guess she could have just destroyed it. It was, it was kind of like convenient that she actually brought the drone out of the town and gave it back to them. But some of Wanda's energy, which is still tied to the mind stone was in the drone. They were able to siphon off some of that energy and put it back into a, a, the rebuilt vision who is all white at this point. They bring the vision back online. Of course, the vision has no emotion and he also has no memory at this point. That's one. So that's one thing, at least, that both of both of the visions had going, at least at the start of their introduction into the series, is that neither one had their memories. Darcy helped fill in a lot of the blanks for for our vision, the Wanda vision, but the actual White Vision had no memories, and basically he was denied access to be able to download them. So when so Wanda squares off with Agatha, White Vision squares off with Wanda Vision. I do like the whole book of what. Th- was it the ship of Theus or whatever that that little mind that little thought experiment, yeah, philosophical experiment that our vision uses to basically instead of just duking it out because logically these two are basically if, if this was the real vision as far as what's still with the mind stone you would assume he still would be superior to the white vision, but instead of just going toe to toe with yourself kind of like a Captain America Captain America fight in Endgame. Vision uses one of his greater strengths and uses his brain and he appeals to the knowing that this vision also is more mechanical and certainly less human. And the way he approaches things and the and the whole ship of theists philosophical debate is, is basically the concept of that if you if you if you take something apart and or you replace enough pieces in it, is it really still the same object? Is it really still the whole or what it used to be if you've replaced so much of it? And he uses that argument to appeal to the to the white vision because he's telling him that you're basically not whole. You're the body, but you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're just parts of the vision. You're not. So what he does is with white vision's permission is he, he, because of the way the vision was created and the way he's designed is one division points out that guess what, that uh, those memories are not easily, your real memories are not easily destroyed, even though they've been denying giving them to you. They're basically, it's not so easy to wipe out our memories. So what he does is our vision touches the white vision's stone and he unlocks. This is what some people get confused about. He does not put his memories 
into the white vision because he didn't have all his memories. All, all anything he knows is that things are wrong in Westview and Darcy has helped fill in the blanks. All he does is he uses his his connection to the Mind Stone power, thanks to Wanda, and he and he basically unlocks for White Vision all the real Vision's memories up until he died, and <laughs> including dying twice, I believe. Uh, but either way, up until up until he died at the end of Infinity War. So thus, White Vision still seemingly is not um, has doesn't really have emotions, but he feels more complete. He says, "I am Vision, not the Vision. I am Vision," and he leaves. He he takes himself out. So I guess we're going to we'll find out eventually what what's become of him. And Agatha and Wanda finish squaring off Wanda tricks in a very clever way. Again, Wanda showing her brains one episode before Agatha did the whole rune thing that if you're in a, in a confined space or an area and you and you use your magic to cast runes that and no other magic user can use their magic in that space. So Wanda seemingly attacks Agatha to beat to beat her. And she's missing her for the most part. But what she's really doing is she's casting runes in the sky above Westview. And then she uses and then she so she tricks Agatha. She pulls back her own power into her. Then she sucks a lot of the power of Ag, of Agatha into Wanda. And Wanda pulls that power into herself, too. And thus we get the reveal of the awesome Scarlet Wish outfit. <laughs> and for the and then West and then all of Westview slowly but surely starts returning to normal, which gives you a nice touching goodbye scene with her and their kids, which we didn't talk about too much. But we'll come back to because I don't want to keep monopolizing this conversation without getting input. But Westview pretty much gets destroyed. The vision, the vision leaves again. But there, you know, but even Wanda's a little hopeful about the fact that you know we'll say good. Even without her knowing really what she, what WandaVision did to the White Vision, she at least seems relatively hopeful that basically we'll say hello again because when Vision is saying we've said you know we've said g- goodbye before and we'll say hello again is what she says. She goes off on her own and then she pretty much she uses her magic to bi- to basically bind Agatha into just continuing her wacky her wacky nosy neighbor role in in Westview. That's kind of like her penance. Those were the major beats, I think. We talk about we can talk about Monica in a few, but that but the, as far as Wanda and the Vision go, those were, I think, the majority of the things. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have anything in particular with with regards to what the actual breakdown of the episode was or anything to add. So, where do you want to go? Um, I thought I thought the supporting cast was really good in this show. I thought, I mean, I know everybody zeroes in on what Catherine Hahn. And I and I like Catherine Hahn, but I'm I'm not like I don't love her like some people do. I but I don't have as much experience with her as other people do too. But I thought the whole supporting cast was really good. I mean, Darcy usually is annoying to me. I mean, she's attractive, but she's annoying. But I find her less annoying in this role, maybe because her character is supposed to be actually an astrophysicist now, not just like an assistant. <laughs> so I I I I liked. It just seemed like an eclectic group of people they brought together. So I thought. Obviously, uh, Randall Park, you know, as Jimmy Woo was really good. So I thought people people were really happy with it, I think, overall with his character. So hopefully we'll see more of him, maybe hopefully in Ant-Man. But just in general, we'll see more of him, I think. I think, uh, was it Hayward? Was that the bad guy? Yeah. With that sword? Yeah. He, I mean, he, he, he was a dirtbag, but he, but, he, but, he uh, but he played the role well. The role was, I mean, again, we don't entirely know 100% everything and i'm sure we'll get more information about this or what he was trying to accomplish obviously they seem to be they did you know but sword being against what's so it's sentient weapons or whatever the hell it is and i'm trying to remember if that's the one the version in our mcu versus the comic book world uh 
but obviously the idea of needing protection against superheroes. And, and I think we're going to get more of that related to uh, in the post Thanos post blip, everybody coming back world, because don't forget, it's not like the Sokovia Accords don't exist anymore. They do. It's not like, as we're probably going to see in Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's not like everybody said, oh, let's forget about all that stuff. It's going to be seemingly part of the issue between uh, Bucky and Cap. I mean, Bucky and Falcon versus uh, U.S. agent and Ross, you know, Thunderbolt Ross and things like that. The idea that what the world's going to look like in a post, you know, a post Tony Cap in Avengers world and Thanos world that they probably want more built in protections. They need more heroes. So the so that would make sense why they, the vision they would really want to bring the vision online because of his power and to basically use as a blank slate to go after whoever. But so I just thought I thought and my I really like Monica. I thought Monica was cool. How they how they gave us the glimpse of the of the blip, the actual you know the the real not the funny kind of ha 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 stuff we got in Far From Home, but showing the reality of that what it would you know how it impacts people. And, you know, everybody being basically everybody being blipped back to exactly where, you know, where you know, where you physically were, you know, just five years later and the and the chaos that created. And for Monica, it being worse because of the fact that what her mom had her mom had cancer and her mom was, be, you know, was it was in remission or it was, it was on, she was doing better. But then during the five year gap that she was gone, basically, it re, you know, she she had a you know, she had a relapse and she ended up dying from it. That that's 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 you know that's pretty powerful stuff. So I thought they handled that very 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 well, and I just think the supporting the ki- I thought the kids were good. Uh, I mean Evan Peters, I think I mean of course he wasn't playing the same character he played in the Fox verse, and as we but and it was a little over the top. You knew I mean you knew but you you knew the way he was acting that he really wasn't Pietro. There were too many things he was saying even before that little thing. Oh. It's not like your dead husband can die twice or something. Be- even before he said that line, you knew something was up with him. But of course, the whole the the little homage to the real Quicksilver comic book costume in his hair was pretty cool. That part was really funny. <laughs> so let's go in this direction. What were, what were some of the things that like either your favorite moments or things that surprised you that you liked about the show? Uh, I mean, reflecting on it, uh, I. I yeah. Because let's be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of Mary Tyler Moore show or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, I did like how much time they spent in the final episode showing her watching those sitcoms as a kid. Because we, the, showing those clips really um, drove home the vibe they were going for uh, in the first few episodes. And it's not like that vibe wasn't obvious. Um, but still, it's 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 cool to see kind of how closely... They uh, they went to to match the the aesthetic there and the mannerisms and the dress and you know it's it wasn't just a fit of the odds myself tonight um but um you know it wasn't it wasn't just uh you know if we do if we just do A B C and D it's enough to get the point across I mean they they really seem to try and drive it home um I do like how they uh there was there was a theory out there that uh, that uh, <laughs> and and I, I doubt it's true because it wasn't confirmed in any of the episodes. It, it, it when they when they talked about at one point that the broadcast stopped, uh, you know, with all the stuff that with was sort of trying to interfere and everything. Someone had said online something to the effect of, "Well, that's because Darcy's not there, and nobody uh, nobody is uh, smart enough to figure out how the." The, the feed didn't stop. It just switched to digital. 
that, that that is cool though. Yeah, I went from broadcast to digital. Obviously, that's not confirmed, but like that's that's funny. Um, uh, I I liked I like Darcy in it. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker for Cat Dennings. Um, but uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a relatively natural progression of the character. You know, with everything that happened in the first Thor movie, if you guys remember, actually, uh, uh, Darcy wasn't a astrophysicist. She's a poli sci major. Uh, and uh, she's just the only one who happened to sign up for the the internship that uh, that Jane had going. Um, so with everything that happened in Thor, I mean, sure, she didn't get hurt really or anything, but you know, once she got involved in that crazy world, you would you expect her to still be sticking around uh, in uh, in Thor: The Dark World? No, she's still there. Uh, she's still working the problem. She's still working with Jane. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, actively working with, with, with Jane to keep in, you know, trying to force Jane to stay into, uh, the situation at hand and all that stuff. So a lot of people kind of gave that part of it crap saying that made no sense for Darcy to be involved. It's just like, it's, I kind of feel like it matches with the growth of the character, especially given the last time we saw Darcy was so long ago. Um, why not, you know, have all the time that she spent with Jane, uh, kind of. And, and Eric changing. too. Don't forget Eric. Yeah. Eric and Eric. Is, yeah. He's got a lot of pull and that's probably, that's probably just as much of a reason why she would be on people's radar screens when you think about it, because of all the work, time she spent with, with, with Selvig as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. So like, you know, I think it was a natural progression for the, the character of Darcy. Um, I thought it worked well and I enjoyed seeing her in there. And quite honestly, I, I, you know, I know some people give some of the MCU stuff crap in terms of its comedic aspects and, uh, think it's ill timed or whatever. It's just like, by the time the fourth episode rolled around, at least some of it, you know, she was, she was some welcome levity. Maybe it was a little on too on the nose at some points, but there was this, there were some moments in, and I'm not trying to say like out and out scared, like it was a scary show or a horror movie or anything, but there's some dark moments in this show where, you know, her controlling the free will of the people in, in Westview and all of that. You're just like this, there's some serious shit going on here. And I don't know. I, I, I sort of enjoyed the sort of break that we got and I enjoyed Darcy coming in and kind of handing sword their own ass and just being like, she's there 10 minutes. And it's like, Oh, here's a broadcast signal <laughs> that nobody found. I, I thought that was cool. Um, I just think it's cool too because she's she's looking at it in a different way. But that's enough about Darcy. Uh, it just like I I just I saw that character getting a lot of shit online, and I don't agree with it. Um, I enjoyed Vision. Uh, I, I just so especially with the penultimate or the final episode. I can't remember which which one it was where we get revealed the origins of Westview, in terms of her going to Sword to visit, try and get you know Vision's body, that sort of stuff. I don't remember if that was the final episode of the penultimate, but either way, I think a lot of us thought like like maybe she took Vision's body because we were and, supposed to think that based on the fake video that Haywood was showing people. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and we were also you know kind of thinking that because you know um the the when she kind of snaps out of it a couple times and sees dead vision standing there and things like that um so there's a lot of moments that lead you to believe that she took vision's body so when vision himself starts questioning the world that he's in 
you're like, okay, well, some the, a lot of this is Westview, but some of this is Viz sort of waking up, right? So, I mean, that was that was interesting. Uh, that was an interesting sort of thought process, and then you realize, oh no, 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 that's that's uh, that's not Viz. That's just, uh, for lack of a better term, a, a piece of of her. Yeah, um, the connection to the Mind Stone and everything yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the idea that it's that it splintered off itself and started questioning the the reality in which it was in and started questioning its own creator sort of uh that was interesting. Uh I I, I like the the concept of of what uh Viz did to uh you know the the new vision and uh seeing where that goes, seeing how Wanda reacts. I think it's interesting that Viz didn't tell her, you know, you know if even if even if it's if, if this Viz and 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 uh, Westview is an extension of Wander or something, the moment between them when they're saying goodbye seems sincere enough. It's just like, hey, you know, uh, I don't know if I was losing my wife or something, I, it, or she was saying goodbye to me and uh, I I didn't tell her. <laughs> oh, by the way, you're there. I'm still out there in a way. Uh, go find me. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I, we'll, we'll. I guess we'll see. Um, the Halloween episode was cool. Yes, it was. Um, she looked so fine <laughs> in that outfit. I almost like the Halloween outfit better than the real. Oh, you mean when she was dressed in the comic book Scarlet Witch outfit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was cool. I don't know. I just, I, I, I enjoyed it overall. I, again, like I said, I, I really wish I could see this at a clip. I could just sit down and watch the whole thing bereft of credits until the very end. And just watch it just at, almost as if it was cut together like a film. Uh, I really want to see how it all plays together. I, I'm, I'm leaving out Monica Rambeau. It was, I, I like how much they involved her, but it, it almost, you know, it, they involved her so much uh, in, in the seasons. You did sort of feel cheated with the ending. Yeah, at least I did. No, I agree. Uh, I, I kind of wish we would have gotten more of Monica Rambeau. Uh, I I don't know what, but there's, you know, she 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 went from sort of main character in the final two episodes to shows up, saves the day for half a second and then back to the regular action. Uh, and then, uh, OK, bye, Wanda. Uh, I'd have done the same thing. And then uh, the, the end credits of the scroll going, uh, <laughs> Nick Fury wants to see you, basically. So, like, you know, it, it, it went from a pretty consistent appearance and involvement in the plot and the script and everything to almost nothing. And I get that because we had Agatha Harkness and we had to introduce the magical concept and really drive that point home and explain uh, Wanda's backstory and everything and how she, you know, really does, she really is magic and, and all of this sort of stuff. It's just, I don't know, I kind of felt like the Monica Rambo character was cheated in the final two episodes. I think there absolutely was inconsistency there. Like I think, like I mentioned, I think that they did make her, I mean, she and Jimmy were like, and Monica more because she was the one in Westview. You know, she was in the West, she was in Westview. Then she was cast out by, by Wanda. And to give us like one of the, one of the first red herrings, making it seem like, Oh my God, you know, it, it was, it, it was like, you know, it was, it's all Wanda when of course it, it was all Wanda, but it wasn't really all Wanda. Uh, what was, what was going on? Not, not, not to the extent, as in with an evil, you know, twisting your mustache kind of way that she did play a huge role and everybody pretty much because they decided episode eight was going to be that whole background episode that you were going to get everything on Ag, you were going to get Agatha's whole background 
and you were going to have uh, you were going to get to see all of Wanda's all these key moments on Wanda's life that are kind of like this is your life, Wanda Maximoff, that gets you from point A to point B, where she was able to basically harness this magic and create and, cre- and create this version of this town that everybody got put on the back, on the back burner. And I think that, I mean, even the vision, I mean, let's be honest, the, you know, the vision left Darcy's uh, van. Like what, that was at what, that was still, that was an episode, what, seven, right? That was an episode seven. And, and he was in an episode eight. Darcy was in an episode eight. Not that she's as important. And Monica was in an episode eight, at least the vision, you know, Wanda, Wanda vision had a big role in episode nine, which you would expect at, but even Monica didn't have a huge role. She just showed up and helped save the kids. And then you have the, then you have, you know, a nice moment with her and between her and Wanda, because they had kind of been, but Wanda viewed her as, as an antagonist, even though obviously Monica was really just trying to help her. And Monica believed all along that, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't evil or, you know, she was not what everybody or Hayward was making her out to be, but yeah, she did kind of disappear. And I do think, and I do think that I think that fed into a little bit of disappointment in the last episode because the pay the payoff with her was not as strong as it could have been. And I also think there was so much speculation about what was going to happen. What what, I mean, what 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 kind of what, what's going to be the big cameo, even though realistically speaking, I do think most people figured it out by the end of episode eight. Once the white vision came back online. That that Paul Bettany comment about getting to work with somebody who he's always wanted to work with and he was nervous was it became pre- it was not to everyone, but to many people, I would say it became clear that he basically was talking about, oh, he's talking about white vision because he's going to be acting with himself. And, but I think people were still expecting more, you know, the whole who, you know, who's the engineer that people know, you know, that that turned out to be a complete non-starter at the end of the day, but people seem to get over that one. People didn't really moan and bitch too much about that one when it turned out that it wasn't anybody fantastic, no pun intended there necessarily, that it just wasn't a, it just was like a non-starter. Just like we never got, I think, a full exp- any kind of real explanation of who their source was in Westview that I think Jimmy references in the first episode, that they had a source inside Westview. That's not 100%, you know, I don't think clarified either. Uh, but I think overall, I think overall it worked. I can see some people being disappointed in the last episode. And, and like I said, to me, it kind of peaked when she you know, became this truly became the Scarlet Witch, even when they went probably just because it was depressing when they were going back to, to their house as basically like the wave of, of the hex energy was slowly, you know, was they, that was going to was coming for them. And they knew and they knew because they every I mean, obviously, vision vision was resigned to his fate before they left, like the, the town square, because he knew that they he referenced the fact there was going to be a happy ending for them, but, you know, as in the town, but not for them as in the kids and, and himself. But I thought it was good. I do agree a little something with, 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 when you said that I don't think this would have played the same way if Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out first. So I think it really did work ultimately in its favor. You know, things the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I think it's in, in that it really worked again. Another thing in Marvel's advantage in their favor that this came out first. And I think and and you have a deeper if there was any doubt about how powerful Wanda is now, now you really know. And I did like the, I did like the after credit scene with Wanda with her, you know, basically, you know, like just the, the normal Wanda, like you know, boiling water. And then you see like the Wanda pretty much Dr. Stranging it uh, with an astral projection of her reading through the dark hold and hearing the voices of her kids. And 
And also, in a way, when you think about it, those herky-jerky movements that she was having as an astral projection also kind of remind you just of some of the way she was moving when we first saw the cameo of her and, and Pietro. Obviously, mm-hmm. Pietro was more blatantly herky-jerky because speed is his thing. But Wanda was kind of moving in – I think Wanda was kind of moving in a weird kind of way too. But. She was also moving in the same way that um, – that, uh, Dr. Strange did when he was looking at the 17,000 creatures. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I, 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 that, that's actually, I, that struck me more when I saw it than actually the, just the astral projection aspect of it, that, that from his movie, the idea that yes, the, the fact that that's exactly the, the, the jump, you know, the, 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 is like, except this was, that was actually Dr. Strange, you know, his physical body doing this as opposed to Wanda pretty much. It was not her, you know, Wanda's physical body, you assume was the one getting the, getting the water for tea or coffee but her it was her projection that was reading the dark hold but either way yes the motion was very similar to dr strange in infinity war how much uh, of uh, agents of shield did you watch i still haven't watched other than maybe bits and pieces of when it first started i still i know the dark hold factors into agent of shield agents of shield and even though some say in a contradictory fashion right to a certain sort extent sort of yeah so um yeah let's talk the dark hold a minute um so I've talked about this a little bit before on the show, but I'll, it's been so long. I might as well bring it up again in, in terms of the first comics I ever read, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I have, you know, whenever I tell the story, it's like five or six different issues. And one of those issues is Marvel chillers. Number one, which is the first appearance of Madrid, the mystic. We actually talked about this on the, the actual issue on the show. Right. And actually, and it also relates to werewolf by night too. And different, and other, another uh, of the mystical characters, monster like characters during the horror period of marvel yeah so basically madrid is the uh is the guy who he he wants to marry this uh sorcerer's daughter um and uh arthur has king arthur has called upon madrid to study under uh merlin and the rumor is that uh you know uh you know if if merlin is such a slave driver or whatever or, or uh, basically, the man will Madrid will never have a have free will after this point, and therefore won't be able to marry his beloved. So uh, he refuses uh, King Arthur's uh, request, and and you know nobody can refuse the king. So, but you know there's there's more I, I can over become you know even further. No one can refuse Merlin. So you know I can become more powerful than Merlin. There's still the dark hold. So he visits this tower. Uh, whereupon the the Darkhold sits at the top of the tower, uh, and uh, the Darkhold says, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you this power, but you have to sacrifice something, you know, the, the age old sort of thing. And this is when his beloved shows up, and the and the power is going to go f- go to her, uh, go go for her and make her be the sacrifice. Madrid jumps in the mix uh, and says, no, take me, and then he sleeps until like the 70s. Uh, when Marvel Chillers number one takes place. Um, and so he lost everything anyways, but he wakes up with incredible power. But the Darkhold is and always has been this this mix of things. Do you, do you want to talk a bit about how you experienced the Darkhold in, in terms of Werewolf by Night and how it ties into Werewolf by Night? I would, except in all honesty, I think a lot of the stuff with the Darkhold was in, was in the early part of Werewolf by Night, which I did mm-hmm. not read as a kid. I read it you know, obviously in the, in the collections. Uh, some of the stuff we've, we've, we've talked about, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I remember enough specifics other than I, I do remember that, were, that it did relate to, to some, to Werewolf by Night, but I don't think I have enough recollection of the details to add a lot to it. 
Gotcha. So, uh, anyways, the 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 Darkhold is and always has been this book of dark magic in the DCU. Uh, there was hell. Uh, it played a huge role in in and I haven't read it in a long time, but the Rise of the Midnight Suns, and then uh, one of the few Marvel series I actually own every issue of. I haven't read it yet, but I own every issue of the Darkhold series proper. Um, so uh, that I believe took place after Rise of the Midnight Suns or came out during rather. Um, but anyways, I, you know, so it, it has always been this. Well, fast forward to now we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out, right? And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, oh, man, the first season is crap, and then it just gets better and better and better. Season four, we get introduced to Ghost Rider. Um, and, you know, he, his the, the Darkhold um, is sort of involved in him. It's It's not involved in the deal that's made with the devil to you know, possess the soul and all this stuff and become the writer. Um, but his uncle, uh, God, I can't, why, do I, why can't I remember his name? Is it uh, Ghost Rider Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Okay. Is it Robbie? Robbie Reyes. Yes. So Robbie's uncle, Robbie's uncle uh, is a physicist. And uh, before Robbie becomes Ghost Rider, he's working on this, uh, this uh, device with a kind of think tank. And the some of the members of the think tank find the Darkhold and they're through reading it are able to come up with a method of creating matter for from nothing. But when they the the, the reveal in the show of the Darkhold, it's found in the basement buried in the dirt of the of a house that has a motorcycle under a tarp and a carnival poster on the wall. You know, giving a shout out to Johnny Blaze. Yep. Um, but anyways, they, it's it's found in in the basement, and they th- this man and this woman open it up. She's it, it's a it's a blank book to us the viewer, just a bunch of blank pages, and then suddenly words appear to them. She starts reading in English. He starts reading in German. It appears to the reader, however they interpret it best. For these scientists. They the the information within it is being conveyed to them in scientific terms and giving them what they want in that way. So therefore, they come up with this way to generate matter from seemingly nothing. The agents of Shield uh, had taken to doing this thing where they're going to uh, talk, basically have their main plots. Like there's a first half of the season and a second half of the season, and kind of the the goal of each of those halves isn't the same or the villains aren't the same, but somehow they tied together towards the end. So the first half is all this ghost rider stuff, but the second half is all the um, life model decoy stuff uh, and the framework, which is an artificial reality. Uh, Well, the framework was created because the AI, uh, uh, the, the life model decoy that was created was able to read the dark hold and it sort of awakened something in her. So it's a, it's a powerful book. Uh, uh, Colson says, uh, so-and-so was looking for this book. Uh, the, you know, Nick Fury was looking for this book and so on and so forth. So basically it had been this thing that the, that shield has been aware of forever. Um, but it's basic, it's recognized as this source of unimaginable power basically something shield was after in terms of this is man was not meant to meddle sort of a thing. Uh, don't mess with this. Let's, let's, let's control all the sources of 
crazy power. So I don't know that that what happens in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the Darkhold necessarily refutes what happens uh, in uh, in WandaVision. Because, as I said, the, the Darkhold appears to the reader in terms of the information it imparts based it's sort of it the book reads the reader in a way gotcha. and that's how the, and then chooses to impart like for instance uh ada the life model decoy sees the, pay, the pages as a series of zeros and ones and that's how she reads the information there but the scientists were able to see you know schematics and and mathematics and so on and so forth interesting so I don't know that that necessarily refutes things. Now, the only thing that refutes it is the appearance of the dark hold, you know, the, the dark hold in this, in this show or in, in agents of shield is a old book, you know, and it's, and it's got the, it's got actual pages. It, it's got some script across the front that seems very stylized, but very clearly says the word dark hold on it. Uh, versus what we saw in this, which is ethereal, magical, it kind of morphs itself a little bit. Um, something a little close, which seems like it's something a little closer to the books that are bound inside of, in, inside of, uh, what's the place called in Doctor Strange? Inside the Ancient Ones library. Oh, okay. At least the feel that's like, that I got out of it out of WandaVision. They don't look the same at all. So it's not the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Darkhold. But I don't see, other than look, I don't see why it couldn't be the same thing. There's and nothing could, in there that I think refutes it. And that could work the same way, like you said, about the about how the contents appear to people in a different way. The book could appear to people in a different way, too. Could be. Depending, I mean, on, depend on, depending on what your relationship is and, and what plane you're on. Obviously, if you're a magic user, then you may see the book, dif- you may see the book differently. So. Yeah, and it's and it's unclear whether Agnetha owns the Darkhold or she's just manifesting it out of somewhere, or she's just manifesting an image of it out of somewhere. True. You know, because it's not like she you know pulls it out from behind her cloak. She just sort of wills it into existence in a wisp of smoke, and then it's gone. So like, is it is it a is it the actual Darkhold that she's showing? Is it, you know, has she ever actually seen the dark hole? It seems like she's read it, but it's also entirely possible someone sort of passed down the information to her without her having actually read it herself. But given how long she's been alive and then what happened to her coven, I would assume that after her coven, uh, after her coven died, that she had as much access and free reign to read whatever resources or access whatever she she wanted throughout those millennia that she was alive that is true too uh it's just yeah, unclear what her relationship to the dark hole that is. is true and yes that is i mean obviously there's lots of things that are unclear about agatha's role across the board but you know in the, in the mcu you know where she been what has she done um what you know what has she influenced or tried to influence and th- and think things of Things of that nature. So I think, uh, yeah. So I think so. It, I'm sure we'll see her again. I mean, there's they gave you a perfect out to, for her to c- come back since Wanda knows where, like Wanda knows where she is <laughs> if she needs her. Like, like their yeah, conversation. It, it makes me even more curious. I mean, obviously the whole show makes everybody curious for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but it makes me more curious from a, from almost a magical standpoint because the 
the um, despite everything that happens in Doctor Strange, you get almost a feel of less magic, more dimension invading beings. So if the various sanctums are built to protect the world uh, and the sanctums sort of help uh, and create this, this shield around the, around the planet, you would also think the sanctums and the job of like the, the ancient one or the sorcerer Supreme or whatever would be to sort of almost, I don't want to say police, but I can't think of anything else to almost police magic. So why wouldn't like surely they must've been aware of Agatha and what she was doing. Are they aware of the dark hold? What's the, what's their relationship with it? Cause I know, I, I mean, I've never read it, but I do know Dr. Strange has encountered and I believe used the dark hold a couple of times uh, in the, in the comics. Um, and then of course you also, you, you tie that in with what, what the end credit scene was in Dr. Strange with what happened with what's his name saying that there's a, there's a price for everything. And who knows even, I mean, maybe more, maybe Mordo could be a way out for Agatha yeah. uh, to get her out of there because maybe she, because obviously Agatha is kind of like lost in her own world, but it doesn't mean that I guess we don't really know if, I guess we assume the heck, the hex that keeps, that keeps her in there uh, prevents someone else from, yeah, it, it'd be, it would be curious to see exactly like if, if, that you could still use kind of like your your portals if you could use portals to get to get in there or whether or, like the sling rings yeah yeah because obviously if you could then all some all mordo would have to do is basically if he found if he found out about agatha or knew or, or tracked her down that he could just go well technically speak technically speaking it all depends how real realistically speaking you wouldn't necessarily even need your magic if you could somebody else knew she was there and tracked her down because all you have to do is get her out of westview and then technically speaking, Wanda's power over her shouldn't should it shouldn't be insurmountable f- f- to another magic user then. So, well, we don't necessarily know how how she keeps Agatha there, what the curse is, because the hex closes. So are there runes inside or what, what is the spell? Uh, is it over Agatha's mind? Is it border specific? If she believes the boundaries of Westview, does it fade away? Like we don't know the specifics of it. Right. But I was just thinking in the context of other, yeah, of, of the runes itself, whether the runes are like permanent. Well, the per- runes, the runes were, were, were drawn onto the hex and the hex is closed. Yeah. So maybe it wouldn't be as, maybe it would not be particular. Maybe the spell, basically, because she's kind of like, kind of like Wanda doing what she did when she was first introduced. Basically, she kind of, in a way, she's like, she she has like kind of, con- she's controlling people, like what the Mind Stone essentially was always good at, controlling people. That there's no, since Agatha has no way of knowing that she's being controlled at this point, that she would just go on aimlessly. But yes, if somebody else came in, maybe they could snap her out of it or just take her out of it and, and reverse it. So you don't, you, you, you don't know it. It's, it's, it's open. It's open. And it is open-ended as, uh, as far as whether somebody could counter Wanda's magic, uh, because of the fact that you, if we assume the runes are, are the runes are, are no longer there. And even if they're hidden, but they're no, but they're no longer there at all. That's yeah. It would be, it would be curious. It would be curious to see. And I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll see her again anyway. So it's only a matter of time. And I, it's it's hard to tell at the end. Uh, is Wanda reading the Darkhold? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think she's so that does not bode well. I mean, no, no. It, based I on... mean, just the look on her face doesn't bode well. But like what well, supposedly drives you insane, doesn't it? If you read the Darkhold, 
Isn't that part of the lore? Or at least at least uh, it's possible that it drives you insane? In certain uh, interpretations, yes. Yeah. So, now, see, I hope... See, when you really think about it, considering how depressing the ending was to a certain extent, now, it was liberating on an, another level, because Wanda, you know, you basically, she really found out who she was, and, she, and she's on the verge of unlocking her true potential, and she seemed relatively at peace, maybe because it was on her own terms, of being yeah. able to say goodbye to the vision and the kids and things like that. But so on one level, I don't, I don't want, I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think they're really going to go house of M with her, no matter what. I don't think they're ever going to go that far with her, <laughs> but I don't want them really making her a villain because I've always liked Wanda, but they could put they, they, they could parallax her really easy, which could be depending on what her, her goal was and how she was approaching it. It certainly could be relatable. And I could, I could get, I could get behind it. I just, I just like Wanda, so I would like to see them not do that with her. But so I think I think I think you know more about Marvel in general than I do, and just in terms of you know have more experience with the characters, read more comics with them, and so on and so forth. Is it wrong? Would it be wrong of me to say that Wanda is essentially, in a way, like the Raven of the Marvel universe? because that would come down to my Raven experience, leaving out Teen Titans Go. <laughs> I, so, think, I mean, but I just—I mean, just I Raven think is yeah. this, this uber powerful magic-based person who sometimes uh, can, just has the potential for sheer evil. I mean, in the case of Raven, she's related to Trigon. Uh, she's the daughter of Trigon, and in some cases, has Trigon locked inside that little gem on her forehead, uh, and is constantly fighting the evil within her. So is that sort of the same thing with 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 Wanda? She's constantly fighting the chaos magic inside of her and sort of being in control of herself and her own will. I was there are some parts of the analogy I think are probably accurate. Again, I haven't decided. I know about my relationship with reading about with reading Wanda and knowing about Wanda is both basically from like the late seventies through the, through most through the early eighties. So I don't have that much relation to what they've, what obviously what they've done with her, you know, I do have some of the house of M stuff, but I mean, but, but how they've changed, how they've changed her. I, I know she started out obviously in the brotherhood of evil mutants and, and Magneto as their father and everything like that. I don't remember her from what I, you know, when she was part of the Avengers and things like that, I don't remember her struggling. I could be, there are moments, there were different stories that they did, but I don't, I don't know if it is much of a, a blatant struggle like Raven, like like Raven. Uh, but I do, I do think again, if you're dealing with you know the, the father, and obviously not comparing Magneto to a, a demon or anything, but the reality is you know there is that dark side father aspect of that influences them both, and that, and trying to pull away from it. I kind of, I didn't, I've never really seen Wanda as that. At least my Wanda, I, I don't. And that maybe because I was young, I didn't see her as conflicted as or torn between good and evil. Because most of the Wanda that I read, she you know she'd been a she'd been a hero for so long. But yeah. I what I want to do, I got to see if I still have all these issues because I know I mentioned this to you because this would be a really cool story to do one day. I have to go back and check the issues, but there was this really cool Marvel team up story, which is was which was like four or five parts. And it had to do with it. Actually, I know it had to do with something related to Salem in, in the witch trials. I forget who the villain was, but it was like a five part, four or five part Marvel team up that I think the first part was Spider-Man and Wanda. And the second was Spider-Man and Vision. And then somewhere in between you had Dr. It was Dr. Doom came into it. Moondragon came into it. 
And I, so it might have only been four parts, but I thought, but it went, it was really an interesting story and it just stands out because it was very, not just because it had to do, had to do with Salem and witches and things like that, but it was very unmarvel team up like to have such a, such a lengthy story. Not, you know, not, not, not just a two part story that this was like at least four, maybe five parts it just kept ending with a different Marvel character coming in. So I, 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 I pulled out most of those issues because it's one of those storylines that we, I mentioned to you once before, but I have to see if I have all of it myself to see how, if we could get it on digital, if we needed to, but it would kind of be a cool Marvel story to do because it has so many, it deals with the magic, it deals with Wanda, it deals with vision, Dr. Doom, plus it has Spider-Man in it. So, and the Salem witch trial. So how, how bad a story could that be? <laughs> so like I also, uh, you know, speaking of Mantra the Mystic, so um, I I made sure to try and buy as many appearances of him as you can because Mantra the Mystic is not hard to collect. There's like not a whole lot of him out there other than the Marvel Chiller stuff. There's like two issues of Captain America. Uh, there's a couple other things here and there, but there's also something that's more um, uh, Wanda specific. Interestingly enough, Wanda and Quicksilver related uh, from 1979. There's a story called the yesterday quests also known as uh the knights of wondagore oh is that like 185 or 186 or something like that 185 186 and 187 i actually yeah, I have that somewhere <laughs> i recently got those um uh so and it, it heavily involves or primarily involves Madra the mystic uh so that's why i picked it up so actually i haven't read them yet but i do have 185 186 and 187 and it's a very scarlet witch vision uh or rather Scarlet Witch Quicksilver, Quicksilver heavy, heavy uh, arc. Yes, it ties into, yeah, it ties into the the origins and things like that. I do, I yeah, because that one cover with him like standing in the rain or the lightning or something, whichever, I, th- I think that one of those covers is like that. I, yeah, so it uh, it is uh, 180, well, so standing, oh, yeah, 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 they're, they're, sta- they're, they're standing in the rain, Quicksilver is pointing up and out, and then uh, there's lightning behind them, yeah. Yeah, that's a cover I remember from that storyline. But yes, I that's when I, during that time frame, that's when I was really I mean, I read the Avengers. For, I actually read the Avengers for a long time, but I really but during that time frame is when I really was reading the Avengers religiously. Actually, one of the first issues, I think I may have mentioned this, one of the first issues I ever got of the Avengers was the two part original origin of of the vision Uh so that was that's, you know, so I mean, I, I knew who the Avengers were, but I didn't really read them at all. But that's by luck of the draw, I think because of the cool cover, because I think the first part of that had the original had the original human torch or something on it. Yeah. So, Madra, the mod uh, speaking of just for those of you uh, at home, the Captain America issues I'm talking about are 305 and 306, which is uh, uh, the, the, the cover of 305 is Captain America versus Captain Britain. Yeah, the both Captain America and Captain Britain are on both of the covers of this thing. Yeah, yeah, but those are some. Yeah, some of those would be interesting stories and to consider doing because because it, it would be it it would be cool doing that. I mean, Quicksilver kind of was always a jerk. I mean, that's the nature of who he was. He kind of was always a dick. I mean, Wanda was always the more relatable or nicer one of the, of the two of them. But there were a lot of cool things that were done with this, with Wanda and the Vision during that time from from the late 70s to the early 80s when they first got their first mini series and things like that. So it it, it would be some cool stories to to revisit. A lot of the a lot of the early Wanda and Vision stuff, especially it, it just would it's just in, they're just interesting storytelling because of again the idea of vision, how vision became the original vision became 
know, before he got destroyed and everything else multiple times, like almost anything else gets, gets destroyed in comics. But the idea that the, how, you know, how a non-human, you know, a synthesoid basically along with Captain America became like the heart and soul of the, of the Avengers is just such a cool concept. And it's essentially true with how important the vision was and how important the Avengers were to him. That, yeah, that's one of the reasons I always liked the vision as a character. So you're saying even an Android can cry. Yes. Which was a nice touch in the, Having him, yeah, having him cry. That was that got that got to me a little, just because obviously we had never seen is as we saw Vision have emotions, but we had never so we have we never knew he would be physically capable of that. And it's arguable, of course, whether he is physically cap would be physically capable of that. But it conceptually it works. And in Westview, because it's Wandavision, you know, it would make sense that he would be able to maybe do something that like that. So all right, anything else? I'm sure there's something else, but at the end of the day, at the, I'm just I'm just want to run through my brain real quick to see if there's anything of anything of consequence that they did that um, I did not or we didn't bring up as a point of conversation. I th- I think I think we talked about all all the major beats in that in the in the show. Uh, obviously, there's lots of questions that are unanswered related to almost any everything. There's tons of things that are left unanswered there related to you know what happened to what happened to white vision and stuff related to you know what what's the fallout for sword going to be you know basically is this is what's happening to sword almost like what happened with shield in the sense that uh it's kind of like breaking into factions and or nick nick fury is like taking you know nick fury's faction obviously is maybe it's just completely taking over all of sword when before it only was you know a part part of sword it's just it makes me more interested in captain marvel too because of monica uh, so we'll have to see what kind of made the idea of Harden Carroll having some beef, which was implied in the series too. I did like, uh, I did like that, the things that as much as they were all, you know, buddy, buddy back in the day, when she was a kid that, you know, she had some issues re- with, with Carol, either related to you know not being around when her, when her mom needed her and different things. We'll, we'll obviously get the whole laundry list. I'm sure on Captain Marvel too, but, yeah, I thought I thought over I, I thought overall, you know, it's, it's not perfect. Some of the episodes you wish were longer, especially considering how long the credits were. And I understand I was, you know, you always respect people getting their name on the credits. You don't hold any grudges against that. But it, it does suck when you only have like a 30, 35 minute episode. And you have seven minutes of credits when they were all credits up until we first got that first uh, after credit scene with uh, Fie- with Fietro <laughs> and, and Monica that it, it, it's a lot. And plus they knew people would be sitting through the credits because it's a Marvel stuff, you know, but yeah. good start, good start to their cinematic, to the, the TV aspect of their cinematic universe. Bring on the next show. Yep. Right around the corner. All right. If people want to give us their thoughts on WandaVision, how do they do so? Lanterncast.com. The web, that's the website. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text at 708 Lantern. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to track us down there. And last but not least, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So whichever platform or platforms you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. All right. What's next? Next is shaping up to be an interesting episode. We will be talking about Infinite Frontier and we will be talking related to Infinite Frontier, where we'll be talking about a lot. Well, some people may have read, some people may not even know about the quotes that we're going to be talking about, but a lot of stuff related to Alan Scott and his role in the uh, Omniverse going forward and things of that nature. So it should be a, should be a live, 
I don't know how lively the general discussion about the infinite frontier issue will be, but when we talk about the Alan Scott stuff, it's shaping up to be a, it might be shaping up to be the, the, the first quarter highlight of, <laughs> of, of this, of our season. So let's see. Uh, hundred uh, percent. It's, it's a big issue guys, uh, not just size wise, but just in terms of direction of the DCU. So I highly recommend getting your own thoughts in there. So definitely send us some feedback in any of the ways Mark mentioned, and we will talk to you guys later. Good night, everybody. Good night.